The reading this morning is taken from 1 John 2, verses 18 to 27, and that's on page 1226, wherever you can find the Bible. Um, So it's 1 John 2, verses 18 to 27. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you... The anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. This is the word of the Lord. Turn to to your neighbour and say, you look beautiful today. Um, My home's in Emsworth, and um, I also live in Ibadan for southern Nigeria, a lot of the time. I've just come back there a couple of weeks ago where I've been ministering and um, things have been happening for over 32 years. But it's nice to be here in South Sea today. What I've got to say is for everybody here, whoever you are here, and when I, today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to what you're to what you're going to hear. And every one of you, in fact, could respond if you wish to, if you want to. And that's between you and God. God bless you. It's recorded in John chapter 4, 
that Jesus met this woman by the well on a hot day. And there are 42 verses, almost the whole of chapter 4 of John's Gospel, attributed to Jesus talking to one person. Jesus knew the value of one soul. He cared about the one person. And that is why he talked to the woman at the well, spent a considerable time with her, and said these words to her. If you only knew the gift of God, he said to her. If you only knew, you would ask me and I would give you living water. She didn't understand that. And she responded to that first initial comment. And then he came back to her and said to her again, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give will never thirst. And then she begins to get it. Really? What? You've got water that if I drink, I will never thirst again? Jesus carried on. Indeed, the water that I will give will become in him or her a spring of water welling up to eternal life. She said, give me it. I'd like that water. Throughout his earthly life and through you and me today, Jesus was and is concerned about the one. Am I? Are you? Do we look upon the vastness of the mission ahead and think, it's just too much, I can't do it? Do we believe that lie? When Jesus and God are concerned about the one, you know, like the one Zacchaeus up a tree, come down, I must be at your house today. Come down immediately, now. It's now or never, Zacchaeus. I'm not waiting all the time. Come down now. Or blind Bartimaeus, where he cried out as he heard Jesus was coming, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped the crowd, stopped the disciple, stopped the thing that was happening and said, wait, I'm not moving. A man is crying out. I care about this one. George Verver, I met uh, last October. He just died just a few weeks ago. He was about 80. And uh, my colleague and I, Lecken, we drove over to West Wickham in Kent Stroke, London, to take him out for a meal and just sit with that amazing man of God be in his presence and learn. This amazing man that has contributed and, uh, to so many people hearing about Jesus and so many serving Jesus and so many thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands that have come to Jesus. We just wanted to be with George Verva and just learn. We didn't want to go and tell him about the amazing work we're doing in a country that he loves. We just wanted to learn, 
George says this, if we only knew the value of one soul, as God does. So Jesus is spending lots of time talking to tax collectors and sinners, and on top of that, all the Pharisees, who were worse tax collectors and the sinners themselves, and all the theologians and the clergy and all the, all the people were in one little group in Luke 15. And they get upset because he's talking with these bad people and spending time eating with them. And I say again, they were worse than them. They were being hypocritical anyway. And then he tells three stories. One about a shepherd that's got a hundred sheep. And he leaves the 99. Here they are here. all the ones that are safe and sound at St. Jude's. And, and one is lost. And Jesus asks the question, what does he do? Oh, oh never mind, I've got 99 left. He, he goes out looking until he finds it. And when he finds it, puts it on his shoulders. I've got this picture of, of that shepherd carrying that sheep, holding its back and front legs over his shoulders. Like, he cares about the one. Then, then he says, and there's a woman who had 10 coins and she loses one, and Jesus says, what does she do? She doesn't say, oh, never mind. I've got nine more, there's plenty left. He cares about the one. The one. Do you, do I? I did something strange uh, a day or two ago on Friday night. I knocked at my neighbor's door. I've never done that. I've never done it. I've been there 12 years. I'm like in my kitchen. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Why am I so nervous? What am I, what, what am I like? I got myself in this, yeah, Jesus help me. So I went, knocked on the door. She was shocked to see me. She's staring at me. I said, it's all right, nothing's wrong. I just think it's time. I've just been feeling this neighbor of mine who I see just over the fence and we have exchanged words every two or three months, you know, brief words. I just feel that she deserves to hear the good news and have, to have the opportunity at least. So I knocked on the door and I'm standing at the door on Friday. I said, hello, Joy. Nothing's wrong. Can I come in? She said, oh, all right. She's like, What's he want? So I'm sitting down now in her nice little lounge because I'm thinking about the one. I'm thinking about my neighbor. I'm thinking, I think she's never heard the gospel. And I want to give her the chance to hear the good news because it's great good news before she dies. Not that she's ancient, but she's old. So I just said, I said, Joy, we've got a glorious dinner coming up. 
I'd love you to come with Sid, her partner, with one leg, had his leg cut off a few months ago. She said, oh, we can't come. She gave me the reason. I said, oh, we can sort that out. Don't worry. So she gave me a suggestion. So I said, all right, I'll do that. I'll see if we can get the whole four of you to come in the taxi. I'll go and approach them. I'll be back. And then I was getting my hair cut the other day. I've known Steve for about 20 years. Who cuts your hair? And sometimes we, we who know Jesus say, oh, I, don't, I haven't got any non-Christian friends. Someone cuts your hair. Someone fixes your car. You've got someone called a neighbor that you say hello to. Hello. Or that. People are everywhere. So I said to Steve a few weeks ago before I went to Nigeria, I said, Steve, I'd like to invite you to a glorious dinner event. I'm, I'm a great speaker. Come and hear me. One ticket for you, one ticket for your wife. I'm going to pay for them. The tickets are just 10 pounds. They've been subsidized. So let your yes be yes, Steve. He said, no, I'm coming, I'm coming. We're coming. I've got one thing to say today, it's this. This is the, this is the one point. The point is, and the message is this. Jesus knows the value of one's soul. Do I, do you? And there are people in our lives that we don't necessarily call friends. Joy is not my friend, but she is some sort of acquaintance. We say hello over the fence. Steve, who cuts my hair, is not a friend, but he is an acquaintance. Eric was doing some door-to-door -door work a few years ago in our parish. I was a parish evangelist for some years. And uh, he came back and he said, he handed me some pieces of paper, and he said, this number, this person, go back, they're waiting for you. I'm going back to college. So I knocked on a door in Swanfield Drive, Chichester, I think it was 40 Swanfield Drive. Joyce opened the door. I said, hello, Joyce. Eric sent me. He said, yes. He, he said you'd be coming. Come in. So I'm in her house. She's there. Her husband, George, is there. I said, Joyce, I've come especially to invite you to a dinner we're having. They came. Then I looked at the list that Eric gave me and there was another couple that lived in at 13 Shamrock Close. Knocked on the door. I said, hello, Lily. Eric sent me. She said, yes. He said you might be coming. I said, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I said, Lily, can I come in and have a cup of tea? She said, you cheeky. I said, yes. Can I have a cup of tea? So I'm in her house in her little flat in Shamrock Close. I said, Lily, I'd like to invite you to a dinner meeting, a dinner, and I'm going to pay for your ticket. So Joyce came, George came. Lily came, her husband, also George, came. 
all of them, Joyce, that night, not her husband George, Joyce, after the after dinner speaker, that night, the speaker finished with a word of prayer of opening the door and saying yes to Jesus, which is what we're going to do on that night. In a thousand, and Joyce said yes. She was about 65. Lily, a couple of years older, said yes. Lily came up to me the very, very night at the dinner meeting. She said, I'm really, really worried. I said, what's wrong? I've never been baptized. I said, don't worry. We can fix that. We fixed it. She was baptized. I knocked on the door one day. I did a survey with a, with a man. And, uh, and I felt the Lord say to me, go back in a few months and invite him to the dinner. Did a survey about the area. His name was Lyndon Harding. We walked away that night. A few months later, I went back. Knocked at his door. I said, Lyndon, do you remember me? He said, I remember you. I said, Lyndon, I've come here to invite you to a dinner meeting tonight. Can I come in? Come in. I'm in his lounge. He's fixing his central heating system. I'm interested. Engineer, I'm interested. I said, Lyndon, Barbara, I've come to invite you to a dinner meeting. My guests, I've got three tickets for you. He came. And Barbara. We had the meal, nice restaurant. J. John got up to speak. He did all right. I trained him well. I turned to Lyndon at the end of a packed restaurant meeting. And I said, Lyndon, what did you think about that? He said, you people have got something. I said, oh, have we? I said, did you pray the prayer? He said, no. I'm not put off. I don't care about that. I said, can I come to your house next week? I'm in his house next week with another person from church. We gave him a little booklet, a little gospel book. I say to him, if you read this and open the door, tell me. We left late the week before he'd heard the gospel for the first time in his life now two people had visited him in his house and left one Tuesday night late he reads the gospel book falls on the floor his wife's in bed at this time he opens the door now we follow up he starts coming to church Barbara starts coming to church they come to church for about two years, and uh, then he goes to a vicar factory in Bristol and becomes a vicar. We've put in on an event. Do you know that my neighbor and my barber will never in a hundred years ever, ever come to Alpha? They're not that kind of people, ever. One size doesn't fit all, does it? My barber will never come. 
All these people that I've talked about would never have come to Alpha. So we have an opportunity to invite people to a really nice hotel, great venue, round tables of 10 or 8. There'll be about 160 to 180 people there. There'll be a two-course meal. And we've got a guy coming called Stefan Smart that will do 12 minutes, not a second longer, of performance. He can recite the whole of Mark's gospel, but not in 12 minutes. <laughs> Don't worry. So he will do 12 minutes of performance. He, he's not going to read anything. He will perform it. He's stunning, vivid, professional, amazing. And I'll have to follow that. And I will just slide on immediately after he's finished, proclaim the good news and finish by giving people an opportunity to open the door. Now, I'm asking you to respond now. Have you got an acquaintance? Today, I've got my friend Mike Mellows, who's going to be at the back there. And I'm going to be next to him on the bookstore um, as well. Go to Mike Mellows and get perhaps a ticket for yourself. And for someone else, maybe you and your husband or you and someone else. And two other tickets for two people that don't know Jesus. You can't come, Christian, without bringing someone who doesn't know Jesus. Have you got it? Sir, have you got it? You're not allowed to come. You've got to bring someone who doesn't know Jesus. We don't want any backsliders, people that were and they're not now. This is, come and get your tickets. The tickets are just 10 pounds each. So if there's a group of four, it's 40 pounds total. Perhaps two for yourself and two for someone that you can't even think about yet. But it's not until the 5th of July, so you've got four and a half weeks. Could be a son, could be a daughter that doesn't know Jesus, could be a neighbor. And it may be that you're going to have to go and, like, before you invite them, have a little connect meeting with them, make the bridge a little bit stronger, and then invite them a second visit. Think about that. Sometimes we have to do that. And do you know what you and I have got? You know what? You know what? You and I have got an anointing. I've got an anointing. I've got an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we pray, oh Lord, anoint us, anoint us. I am anointed. I sometimes I feel say, no, stop, don't pray that prayer. You have an anointing. It says in it's like. It's not that you haven't got it. Look, let's read it. But you have an anointing. As for you, the anointing you have received from him remains in you. But what I don't always have is I don't always keep in step with the Spirit. 
Galatians 5.25. Paul says, since we live by the Spirit in the anointing, I need to keep in step with the Spirit. That's what I can miss out on. So the Lord definitely on Friday was telling me to go and knock on my neighbor's door and talk with her. Definitely. Definitely. And it would have been total disobedience and I would have had to get on my knees and confess it. God, I'm sorry. You told me to do something and I never did it. Sorry, Lord. Since we live by the Spirit, Paul says, since we live in the anointing, let's keep in step. So for me, for me, sin would have been, God tells me to invite my barber as he's cutting my hair, and I don't. That's sin. Oh, really? Definitely. You know why? Because God cares for the one. The one lost coin, the one lost sheep, and the one lost son who was the younger son out of the two. He cares about the lost. Do I? So, ladies and gentlemen, people of God, you have an opportunity today in faith as God is speaking to you. Say to yourself, I'm going. I'm going, I'm going to the dinner because I owe it to somebody. You know, and I'm not worried about whether Joy says yes or no to Jesus. That's up to her and God. But I've made up my mind. I made it up a long time ago that I have a responsibility. And to invite them. And I'm just doing what Andrew did to Peter, his brother. I'm just inviting them like Andrew did. Come and see a man. Could he be the Messiah? Joy, come, come to a dinner and tell, you, tell the people you're going to invite there's going to be an after-dinner speaker who's going to speak about Christ and about life. It's on the ticket. So today, ladies and gentlemen, people of God, after we finish today, Mike will be over there with his machine. He can talk to you, take your money, answer your questions and get you your tickets. You have an anointing. You're beautiful people. They're waiting for you. Someone's waiting for you. They're waiting for me. What am I waiting for? What are you waiting for? Since we live by the Spirit under that anointing, that anointing is not just for me, so that I feel good, so that I am good. That anointing is for come.
That anointing is to reach out to somebody and invite them to come and hear the best ever good news. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. We are so blessed and so happy to be gathered together here with you. Thank you that you have reminded us today that we have an anointing. Help us with your anointing. Help us as you guide us and lead us by your spirit. Help us to keep in step with whatever you're asking of us today and always. Just to invite somebody for an evening out, trusting in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I've written 12 books, different books. I've brought some of them here today, and they're in our cell if you'd like to have a look. And secondly, if you'd like prayer for anything, I'll be over there at the back as well. Thank you.